You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Is no credentials required covering sports around the mighty 518. Part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. Here is your host, Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 64 of No Credentials Required. We are brought to you by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. This is episode 64. We've got a packed show for you. We've got NFL All-Pro Kyle Turley. We've got Andy Towers, color commentary for the Albany Firewolves. Finally, we have Billy Puckett from one of our newest podcasts on the Belly Up Podcast Network, which is called The Greatest Sports Towns on Earth. But before I do that, just want to remind you to go to our social media pages on Twitter and Instagram. Go to NoCredsREQ. I, I changed the name from Belly Up NCR because we're on two networks now and I want to kind of make things simplified on that on that end. On Facebook, however, I still have it as Belly Up Sports NCR. And then finally on YouTube, search for No Credentials Required. Hit the subscribe button and hit the notifications button. That way you know when new videos come up. Also on the podcast side, Hit the subscribe button. You can do so on all podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, TuneIn, wherever you find podcasts. And if you can, leave a five-star rating. That way that people know that this podcast exists. And also leave a review, and I might even read it on the air sometime. So first, we're going to get into our interview with Kyle Turley. But before I do that, let me remind you about one of our friends at Godzilla Media, and that is Johnstone Supply. Johnstone Supply in Troy is ready to help you as this frigid winter sets in 
Well, right now. <laughs> now it's more important than ever to make sure your furnace or boiler is ready to handle the extra workload, which is currently here this winter. Plus, what happens if it breaks down? Make sure you tell your family, friends, and more. The place to call is Johnstone Supply in Troy at 518-272-5922. The crew at Johnstone Supply will give you the advice you need to get out of that dilemma and figure out the best solution for you. If you already know you must make a change, this winter, Johnstone Supply in Troy has the new high-efficient, and this is a Lovac and Goddess thing, John Goodman Furnace and N-A-V-E-E-N Boiler. Stop in the 6th Avenue to learn more. Stop in the 6th Avenue to learn more or call Johnstone Supply at 518-272-5922 and do us a favor. Hit twice for the counter guys and tell Tom, Kevin, James, or Rob that you heard it here on No Credentials Required. All right, so without further ado, let's dig into our interviews for the Friends with Ryan segment. We'll start with Kyle Turley. Thank you for being a friend. You've got a friend in me. But you say he's just a friend. And you say he's just a friend. Oh. This is the Friends with Ryan segment, only on No Credentials Required. Welcome back to No Credentials Required. It's our Super Bowl 56 radio row brought to you by Johnson Supply and Troy. Joining us now is former NFL All-Pro left tackle Kyle Turley. Kyle, how are we doing this morning? I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me. No, I appreciate you having taking some time this morning to uh, to talk to uh, talk to our audience. So, want to get into? Uh, I know your time is short, but let me get into, just dive, dive into the questions here. I'm good. Before I before I got into broad into, into podcasting, I, I was a sports chaplain and I dealt with pro athletes on a more human level. Uh, Post career, you became an advocate for players in post retirement. What was the motivating factor for you to speak out on behalf of your fellow players? Uh, it was my personal experience. You know, what happened to me was real, and I feel like it can help our community if we apply this. You know, this is something that is very serious. We've got very serious diseases in our community, uh, and we want to keep playing this game, right? I was a kid. Yeah. I was a fan. I had all the sheets and the curtains and the pillowcases and everything. You know, I want to yeah. be able to continue to hand this down to my son. And, you know, unfortunately, the way that the league is going, uh, it, it's it's not going that direction. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're having serious issues that are plaguing our community still okay and and off the field in your playing career you had a number of hobbies including including music and if i remember correctly you're also a surfer correct yeah that's right grew up surfing yeah. skateboarding southern california and uh just ended up playing football in my senior year of high school and it worked out <laughs> it worked out no no Amongst those hobbies, you, you did, you know, like I said, you did music, you did surfing. Yeah. How important is it for the athlete to occasionally take a break from the rigors of their sport? Uh, you got to, you know, you got to take that opportunity in the off season to get away, recharge, uh, you know, and get your mind back. Uh, it, it's mm-hmm. a brutal experience during the football season. I mean, in, in the era that I played, <laughs> I yeah. have got a lot more protections these days and uh, a lot more ability to recover, um, you know, and participate in this year round sport uh, that it is today. You know, you just don't have any time off. You just got to take, uh, you know, a week or two and, you know, that's all you pretty much get. You got to take full advantage of it. Yeah, and I know I know a lot of athletes now. Now they they 
some I think some of them have music career, not music careers, but they have uh, they take they did uh, as like was it uh, Le'Veon Bell has a rap album. Uh, guys play video games. That's kind of give them a kind of a break from the uh, kind of a break from the action. Is that you know it, is it's a lot different now than it was back when you were playing back in the early two back in the two thousands. I don't think so. I mean, the players, the players never change really. Uh, maybe this era of players, uh, just because they don't have to go through what we had to go through. <laughs> we fought really hard to get rid of a lot of these things that uh, really hampered our careers and are going to allow these guys to have much longer careers. So, you know, the other interests that they have uh, are pretty much the same as everybody else. You know, we had all those, um, you know, the team that I was on in uh, Kansas City, uh, mm-hmm. Dwayne Bow is a successful uh rapper um just mm-hmm. unbelievably successful um tomba ali has got a platinum selling record in the islands <laughs> oh wow and, uh, myself uh you know in the country scene so and metal so yeah yeah i mean what it's kind of a kind of a cool thing you you both you're doing both country and metal uh, and you have a you have a label called gridiron records what what kind of gave you the impetus to start a record label Ah, you know, too much money. <laughs> End of the day, let's start first world company. first world problems. <laughs> exactly. No, that, that, yeah, that's that's a, yeah, NFL problems. That, that ain't first world problems. <laughs> you know, you get all this money playing these these silly games, and you know, then you're 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 a young person, and you you want to do all these things you dreamed of when you were a kid, right? I want to start a record label. I, I want to do this, but yeah, you know, I was always serious about music, and uh, it was always a big part of my life. So I, you know, I did. I did music, uh, you know, while I was playing. So I started a record label while I was playing. I had, you know, friends in the music industry that um, they needed help. You know, I mean, the music industry is a tough business, and I had yeah. some money. <laughs> <laughs> now, how many instruments do you play? You just play the guitar. I know you play the guitar, but I don't know. Do you play any other instruments uh, yeah. than the, the guitar? Yeah, I play drums. Um, okay. Play drums. Uh, play guitar and a uh, little bass, little keys. No. Okay. Now, wh- do you play any other styles other than country and metal, or is that your just your go to? Or would people be surprised <laughs> if you play if you just started like playing jazz all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, don't play jazz. Uh, just just country and metal. <laughs> okay. Pretty Who were your much. favorites growing yeah. up? Who were your favorites growing up uh, as a fo- yeah, I grew as up a, on old school country. Uh, grew up okay. on old school country. My dad was a truck driver and a farmer, so you know we nice. always had the old school, you know, country artists on. Um, you know, so I grew up with all the greats of, of country music. You can stereotypically list, you know, of uh, Johnny Cash, Johnny and Cash, Will Haggard, and, and, and you know, and then George Strait and all these other guys. Long, and then the, you know, uh, the newer eras uh, with uh, 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 Chris Gaines. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, well, who's that guy? Yeah, oh, yeah. He looks a lot like that other guy. Was his name Garth something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What was his name? I'm going yeah. with Chris played baseball you know <laughs> yeah so you know and there was that and then uh you know grew up in southern california when we moved there when i was 10 and mm-hmm. so growing up in southern california and you know the music era of punk rock metal everything just exploded in yep. southern california in the late 80s early 90s uh and uh i was there for it <laughs> it was awesome yeah yeah go, when, when you were a player who were your who were your go-to's pre-game uh, we're trying to get in a mindset, trying to get his offensive tackle is a tough position to play. You got to be, you got to be hard as nails to, to t- play a position. What, 
got you in the mood? What, what, what got you? What, what kind of switched your? You know, when you, when you put your headphones on, what what music were you typically listening to to get you in that? I gotta get ready to go go mode. Sure. Yeah. Going. You know, going to the games. And, you know, you just listen to your playlist. Uh, but pregame mm-hmm. before every game, uh, from college to the NFL. Uh, when I was in high school, they started. Uh, you know, the, all these big heavy metal tours, and I became a mm-hmm. huge fan of Slayer. <laughs> okay. So I just loved their the, the sound that came out of the, you know their music and and uh, how awesome it was to. Uh, you know, participate in, in listening to those guys uh, mm-hmm. and going to, you know, shows and things like that. Um, getting in mosh pits, you know, it, it, was, <laughs> it was football, you know. So um, when I was playing football all through college, all through the NFL, it was Slayer. Uh, and my ultimate song uh, became uh, Seasons in the Abyss. Uh, it's a very mm-hmm. good song. It builds slow and it rises. And, you know, by the time you run out of the locker room, you're ready to, you know, just go destroy everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, which was more fun, pancaking a defensive uh, offensive, uh, defensive lineman or uh, getting in the mosh pit at a concert? More apps on the NFL field. There's nothing like any of it, man. You could try to replicate <laughs> it in the real world. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> now, I got I got one more question for you, and uh, I'll let you go. I know I know you're 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 All good. a proponent of CBD. You found a Neuro Armor in 2017, and Neuro Armor is a CBD based athletic supplement. Uh, what are the benefits for athletes to take CBD? And do you hope CBD will be the future of supplementation for athletes? Well, it should be. You know, we, we have this number one regulatory system in our human body that the medical community continues to deny us the opportunity to really understand. And through mm-hmm. cannabis, you can understand that. Um, you know, it's a plant that speaks to that system in your body like nothing else. It's it's cannabinoid based. And so until we get these pharmaceutical companies out here, we've got to stay on this plant. You know, uh, these pharmaceutical companies aren't seeming to be interested in finding solutions to, you know, illness and injury. And I found that I could replace every pharmaceutical with cannabis. And so mm-hmm. with, with that and over eight years of having that experience to where I'm opiate free, not one aspirin or leave for eight years. Mm-hmm. And I've started companies. Uh, I'm still playing music. You know, all these things are you know going on in my life that it shouldn't be right. We've got a very serious mm-hmm. problem in our community. And uh, by all accounts, everybody would probably bet that I would have been dead a long time ago, uh, you know, because of of this issues that I dealt with uh, cognitively and the way that this game, uh, you know, uh, is played. Uh, I played yeah. it at that level, you know, to where, uh, you know, all these players' brains being opened up and discovered that they got this CTE that's just off the charts. I'm living with that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've had enough testing to understand that uh, cannabis is the answer. All right. Now, where can people find your product? If they want to try it out just to find out what it's like to take some 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 sort of supplement, whether it be for anything topical, like if you want to put rub it on your on your knees, your shoulders, your elbows, any kind of joint pain, or if they just want to try it out for if they if it benefits them as an athlete, where can they go find it? 
Well, you mentioned my CBD company, NeuroXPF. Uh, you can go to neuroxpf.com. You can order it to all 50 states, right to your doorstep, send it to your grandma, send it to anybody that needs it, and tell them to take it daily. You know, we've got gel caps uh, that are dosable, gummies are dosable. Um, you know, these things carry an exact dose of cannabinoids, and it's just CBD. So you get to experience that. We have the tinctures and all those other things. But if you really want to understand what cannabis uh, is at the base level, you start with cbd go to neuroxpf.com and order a bottle of our gel caps 25 milligrams or 50 milligrams and take one every day for a week uh you'll mm-hmm. understand clearly and quickly what this could do for you and then i started another company with jim mcmahon and Evan Britton called revenant yeah. uh we've got a brand that's all over the state of california um in all you know, as many shops as we're in right now we're going to be in uh, double that here rapidly uh, as fast as the brand is growing and um, it's what we're trying to give back in the full plant opportunity uh, from smokables to uh, you know edibles to everything that you can possibly try we're trying to do it the best uh, that you can get you know so that you want to have that experience you can understand what indica is what sativa is and you know mm-hmm. how this plant really operates because it's much more complex than they want you to understand all right now kyle if the people want to people want to find you interact with you somehow where can they find you where can they find uh, uh neuro xpf where can they find them on the uh, social media channels Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, just, you know, punch in those names, NeuroXPF or Revenant, RevenantMJ.com is the, the, the full plant site. So NeuroXPF.com, RevenantMJ.com, and then go to social media and uh, check out all those. Look, punch in my name, punch in Jim McMahon's name, Evan Britton. You know, we've teamed up on this. Uh, you know, your cat needs it. We just came out with our pet line. <laughs> uh, Neuropause is out. Order a, a bottle of our, our uh, you know, animal treats that your cat's going to love and <laughs> you know these things are, are happening uh, out here you know to all all mammals that have a, a, a cannabinoid system <laughs> all right kyle turley thanks so much for your time i do appreciate you joining me for a little bit on no crunches required and enjoy the rest of your day you got it man i appreciate the opportunity thanks so much go rams And that was Kyle Turley. Thanks so much for being a part of No Credentials Required. Now we're going to get to our interview with Andy Towers, color commentary for the Albany Firewolves. Hello, everyone. Welcome to No Credentials Required. I'm your host, Ryan McCarthy. This is the Friends with Ryan segment, where friends both old and new join me to talk about sports and more. And today's guest is going to be from the National Lacrosse League, from the premier lacrosse league he's had he had a long career in both leagues as well as the uh, major lacrosse league he now does color commentary for the albany firewolves locally here in the albany area i'm gonna bring in andy towers andy how are you doing today i'm doing great man how you doing right doing doing really well thanks for joining me i'm no credentials required so uh so those those of us who are watching on video what you're doing right now <laughs> walking my dog frank oh what's uh, his, uh... 
What kind of dog is he? He's a French bulldog. Nice. Yep. It's a very, very serious cool. dog. Yep. Very, very serious. Very serious about his walks, I can tell. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Dialed in. No question. All right. So, so Andy, I just I, I like to get to the uh, entomology of people's beginnings uh, with okay. their with their careers in sports. So, out of all the sports you could have played growing up, why did you choose lacrosse? Uh, well, my dad played lacrosse uh, growing up, and uh, he started the youth cross program in New Canaan, Connecticut, where my brother and I and our family lived. And so, it was just sort of a natural progression. We played. Football in the fall, we played basketball in the winter, and uh, and we played lacrosse in the spring, and so it was uh, it was just sort of a natural progression that way. Okay, so what was your what was your position playing in lacrosse? Uh, I played midfield. I, midfield. I took face okay. off and I played midfield. Yep. Okay, so for those of us who aren't really versed, well versed in the game of lacrosse, describe what a midfielder, uh, midfielder, or, or I've I've heard the term midi. What are they? What's their primary role? But so, I mean, you took face off, so but what uh, what are some other roles that midi uh, did for the team? For those familiar with soccer, it's very similar to the halfback, right? You play both ends. You play uh, on the offensive end and you play on the defensive end. Um, you know, and and so you're all over the field. Okay, all right. Now, and where'd you play? Where'd you play in college? I went to Brown University in Providence, Rhode Island. Brown University. Okay, cool. So, so describe. So, what were some of your? What were some of the, the best times you had playing lacrosse at, at Brown? Uh, what were some of the big things that you uh, remember? Uh, you know, we had. I mean, obviously, I had. Uh, uh great teammates you know we 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 had some great teams up there we i think were ranked ninth my freshman year we were ranked three at one point my junior year and we finished the regular season ranked two my senior year and were undefeated going into the tournament and then senior year i think we we got as high as five i think we finished the year seven something like that so we had some great teams uh, but the thing that I remember the most is obviously uh, having great teammates and, um, you know, just the camaraderie of it all was something that was, uh, you know, I, I made me feel fortunate to be part of it. Okay. Now, what, what are some of the things that in, in lacrosse, in the culture of lacrosse, a, a lot of different teams or a lot of different uh Sports have different cultures. You got the baseball culture, you got the football culture, you got the hockey culture. What to you stands out? That's kind of sets the cross apart from other from other sports cultures. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of a general question. I would say, uh, sort of the the swagger and the uh, you know, unapologetically cocky demeanor of those that play lacrosse, I think, is something that sticks out. Um, you know, I, I think that a few years ago, it was, there was a negative connotation as the sport being too much of a, you know, a yo bro sport. And I, you know, I right. think that that has dissipated a little bit. I think that um, the emergence and the success of the premier lacrosse league and the continued success of the national lacrosse league has elevated the perception 
and the reality that the best players, best lacrosse players in the world are, you know, world-class athletes that um, are extremely skilled and and the best at what they do. So, okay, all right. Uh, now let's get into the uh, the the professional ranks that you played in the major lacrosse league. You played in the premier lacrosse league. You've also played in the NLL. Uh, how difficult is to, I would say how difficult, but what's the transition like from, from outdoor lacrosse, the, the big field, the big, the big field, the lots of running space to box lacrosse, which is more, which is more condensed. You get basically the, uh, in an arena football, uh, arena football field, you're playing lacrosse on it. So what, what kind of things you have to train uh, as a as someone who's playing f- those three leagues? Uh, what's it like for someone who's coming into the league uh, to adjust? To, what, what do you? What kind of advice would you give to adjust to the box lacrosse game? Well, uh, just a slight correction. I only played in in the MLL, and I played in uh, the MILL, which was the league formerly. Uh, you know, of the NLL. And so I, the PLL only came into existence three years ago, Ryan. So, okay. Sorry about uh, that. 53, <laughs> they didn't need a 50 year old in that league. And I wouldn't have had a prayer. Uh, <laughs> so I, I coach in the PLL, but I played in major league lacrosse and I played in major indoor lacrosse league. And I played um, in the NLL, uh, you know, when it transitioned from the MILL. Uh, okay. So to answer your question, I think, there are obviously a lot of similarities between box and outdoor, um, but the games in general, I think, are are very different. Um, okay. You know, as you mentioned, the confines of playing in a hockey rink keeps the ball in play and makes the indoor game faster. Uh, there are no long sticks in the indoor game. Uh, scoring on the goalies is significantly harder due to um, how much padding the goalies wear and the size of the indoor goals. Mm-hmm. And so everything's tighter. Everything's faster. Uh, indoor lacrosse is a lot more physical for the most part. Um, you know, and, and but, it, but it really is, it's in the best interest of players, in my opinion, that want to reach their potential as players to uh, to play both because okay. so many of the things that field coaches try to teach field players can be acquired innately by simply playing box across. And so for our team in the Premier Lacrosse League, so I think that, uh, you know, again, I, I think – Players that want to reach their potential in the sport in general would mm-hmm. be crazy to not utilize uh, what you can gain from paying blocks across. So guys that are you know, growing up in an area where field lacrosse is, is the primary opportunity, um, you know, you just get so many positives from paying blocks across that you wouldn't get from just playing the field game alone. And so. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure that playing field lacrosse makes you a better box player, but there's no question mm-hmm. that playing box lacrosse uh, helps make you a, a better field player. 
Oh, <laughs> also joined by Frank. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. All right. So, what got you into coaching? Uh, I know you coached. You coached last year for the Chaos. As you, I can see the sweatshirt or the, or the T-shirt yep. you're wearing right now is the is the Chaos. So, who approached you about going into coaching? Uh, well, are you talking about coaching in the beginning or coaching in the PLL? Uh, I'll say let's go from the beginning and then up to the PLL. Well, I got into coaching right out of college. Um, okay. You know, I, I worked lacrosse camps when I was in high school. I worked lacrosse camps when I was in college. And I just really enjoyed the dynamic of interacting with players that were looking to improve. Um, felt like I had something to offer in terms of um, helping them reach their potential as players. And mm-hmm. so for me, it was just following something that I was uh, interested in and enjoyed and, uh, you know, ended up pretty much coaching field lacrosse, college lacrosse all the way until I got out of college coaching, uh, you know, in 2014. And when I got out of it, I had just mentioned to my wife that one of the few things that I would go back to do as a coach would be um, professional lacrosse, thinking that it was going to be potentially in major league lacrosse if that ever opportunity came about. And fortunately for the sport in general, uh, Mike and Paul Rabel launched the Premier Lacrosse League, which was mm-hmm. essentially, uh, you know, professional lacrosse league, but with drastic improvements across the board in terms of player experience, uh, viewership, um, uh, you know, just it was just a a tidal wave of an overview of improvements is really what it was. I played in the MLL in the first two years and Mm -hmm. that MLL had had the best players, um, you know, but, but it sort of felt a little bit, at least when I was playing it, it felt a little bit like um, after school sports in the way that it was sort of organized. Mm -hmm. Um, The PLL, these guys do just an incredible job of creating a professionally, a professional athlete experience. Um, and as a coach in that league, it's just, it's, it's, it's very humbling to be around all the best players of the world and to be able to uh, hopefully make this league succeed. And I feel like it's really through three years has, has done a great job of securing its footprint in terms of being a credible professional sports league. And, uh, and there's a lot, more to come from yeah i i noticed i i i uh i followed both the the mll and the uh pl i know like they've been to albany a couple times i was there last year uh doing a live stream there now is it is it more difficult because of the because of the way that pl is structured with traveling teams as opposed to being in mll which is you're 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 you have a static home like boston had i think I think Gillette Stadium in New York had Hofstra. Yeah. I think New York Lizards were in Ho- were Hofstra. Is it is it does a travel is it does a traveling having a traveling team make it more difficult, or is it just the same where it just it's one game a week up until the championship game? Is it is it more difficult, or is it more, or is it easier, or is it just the same to you? Well, for me as a coach, I don't know the difference, other than I've only coached in a 
traveling league. And so I okay. actually enjoy the fact that we go from city to city over the course of the summer. Um, and so I, I don't have experience coaching in the other model, but I did as a player. You know, frankly, mm-hmm. I, I, I prefer the tour-based model. Okay. Okay. It just just because you, you go to different cities and especially some areas that maybe don't don't have a big lacrosse following, you want to you want to give some more exposure to the sport in those areas, right? Am I am I? Yeah, I feel I feel honestly like the game has expanded um, enough on the grassroots level where there is enough of a fan base. Hi, I'm Maria, and I'm Mike, and we're. Team ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. To come out and see the games wherever we go. And obviously some areas draw better than others, Um, you know, but for the most part, I think the league does an outstanding job of identifying where the highest level of interest is and, and, and getting us in front of those fans on a live platform. All right. And if I remember correctly, you're, you're the coach of the chaos. They won last year's premier league. Yeah. Yeah. We won it. We won it all, which is great. Very cool. Very cool. So let's bring up to common day, uh, com- no, to, to present day. Uh, you are the color commentary for the Albany Firewolves, which is what, which is who I cover for, for No Countries Acquired. Yep. Who uh, brings up the idea of doing color commentary for, uh, for the, for the National Lacrosse League? Who's a, who's a person who, who gives you, says, Hey, I'd like to do some color commentary. Well, that's Oliver Marty. Um, you know, I did mm-hmm. the color commentary for the New England Black Wolves, which was based out of Mohegan Sun before Oliver and his uh, group bought the uh, bought the New England Black Wolves, moved them to Albany and put them in the MVP arena yep. and, you know, changed the name from the Black Wolves to the Firewolves. Oliver and I mm-hmm. went to Brown together and were teammates at Brown for three years. And oh, wow. so... I had done a few games for the Black Wolves, and and when Oliver ended up, um, you know, buying the team and moving it to Albany, he asked me if I had interest in doing the games up in Albany, and uh, and I did. So here we are. All right. So what's your impressions of the what's your impressions of the Firewolves uh, currently? They got off to a little bit of a struggle start, uh, the two losses right away, and then they went on a bit of a streak, and then they had this weekend with Georgia, the back to the kind of a brutal back-to-back uh, lots of high high scoring games there what's impressed you the most about the firewolves and what do you think you could see them improving in uh for the rest of the season or just we're 
coming up to the halfway point right now. I think there's 22 weeks. There's week 11, week 10 is this weekend. What are some things you've seen? What are some surprising things you've seen? Uh, what are some things that they, that you think they need to improve upon? Well, I'm extremely impressed with the organization as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from the top down, they really treat everybody in a first class way, uh, very mm-hmm. much like the PLL. So I'm 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 really really impressed with just the whole production that the National Lacrosse League in general and the Albany Firewolves uh, specifically put on for the fans. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's an outstanding experience to go watch it live. You can't believe how athletic, uh, skilled, tough uh, that these players are. And the compete level is yeah. off the charts. I mean, it really is incredible. Um, and so for me, with limited box experience, even though I played five years of pro box, I just didn't have uh, an up-to-date understanding of all of those things, uh, you know, until I started doing the games live. And mm-hmm. so, I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm really just blown away by, you know, how athletic the players are, how tough they are, how committed they are. Uh, I'm, I'm also really impressed by Coach Clark and his staff and how they've done such a great job of, you know, evolving over the course of this season. You know, they lose mm-hmm. the first game to Toronto by a goal they come back they they just look disconnected in the second game versus rochester yes. i know they were missing some players uh due yep. to covid like like all the teams in the league have been at times over the course of this season yeah i missed the first i first i missed the first game due to covid too so <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> so i get but it I, I think that coach clark and his staff have done such a great job of identifying the areas of opportunity for immediate improvement and getting these players connected in a way so that they are better as a group of players than they are. Uh, no, they're better. They're better, you know, as a group than they are as a group of individual players. And certainly uh, that happens because the coaches do a great job of uh, communicating what needs to change and what needs to happen. And, mm-hmm. and because the players decide to prioritize the success of the team over everything else. And clearly um, those things are evident as you watch the way the Firewolves have played um, in the last five games. Yeah, they lost <clears throat> a close game down in Georgia last week. But Georgia is mm-hmm. a very, very athletic team like Albany. And, um, yeah. you know, this is a, a, a one-goal game league. And Albany is, you know, four, four and five in the last five games. And, uh, you know, currently at four and three, they're sitting in a playoff position. And, and obviously they're going to, you know, want to maintain that position and hopefully improve on it as the season evolves here. Now, I I was at the post game presser uh, after the after the Georgia game here in, in, at a, at the arena in Albany, and Lyle Thompson made a pretty interesting point, saying that this could be this Georgia Albany uh, the, the the two teams could possibly be a rivalry going forward into the future. Do you believe that's also the same case that, that Albany Georgia could be Georgia versus Albany could be a, a budding rivalry? Yeah, I think it makes sense. You know, they have a lot of similarities. Um, you know, each team is uh, arguably the most athletic team in the league, and I certainly think that makes the pace of the game very entertaining to watch, and I'm sure a ton of fun to play. Um, yeah. You know, both teams have great coaching staffs. Uh, 
you know, and, and they just played two outstanding games this past weekend. So I, I could definitely see a rivalry evolving between those two teams. All right. Now, so for those of us in Albany who don't go to lacrosse games or just have a, a, a just kind of a casual interest, who are some of the players that th- this that our area can can well not so much known right away, but who are the notable players uh, to just give a, our audience an education? Uh, which players are the ones to watch on the Firewolves? Which ones? Uh, I mean, I come a couple of players that come to mind: Joe Rosa Tarrets, uh, Joe Nardella. Doug Jamison, are there any other players besides them that the are that the Albany area can get behind and and look at the player and say, hey, that guy is really exciting. I I, I like to I want to want to follow him. Yeah, I I think they honestly have a roster full of those players. You know, I think mm-hmm. you have to look at Dougie Jamison as arguably the best goalie in the league. Uh, he's just been incredible, particularly during the last five games. Um, you know, so he's certainly a, a superstar in the NLL. Joe Resiteric is just coming off NLL Player of the Week. He's just scored 19 yep. points, I believe, in, in the last two games. And his, seven goals. You know, yeah, seven goals, 12 assists. Crazy. Yeah, certainly <laughs> has found has found his mark. Um, you know, Ryan Banesh is a, you know, a NLL Hall of Famer probably down the road. has been a great addition to the team from Panther City. Uh, you know, you've got Riley O'Connor. Uh, Andrew Q, you've got transition guys and, and Tony Malcolm. And, um, you know, I, I just honestly, you know, I think they've got a lot of a lot of superstars in this team, uh, you know. Uh, and so come on, in, guys. Uh, and so, I, you know, I, I think that the pace of play and the the we first attitude that this team seems to play with is its greatest strength but there are a ton of players that are you know among the best players in the league out there joe nardella is you know he's he's the best face off grand league he's got to be um you know i know he had a a challenging game versus withers but at the end of the day the the goal is to win and the amount of times that nards wins face-offs that uh they might not necessarily get possession because it is such a tight environment is astounding. So, um, Ryan, real quick, I, you know, uh, how much longer do we have here? Because I got a ten o'clock. Oh no! I, um, well, two more minutes. I, yeah, I know you got you've got a tight schedule and you're very busy. I appreciate I appreciate taking some time this morning to no talk problem. to me. I, I, I really do appreciate up. it. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So I actually have one more question. It's gonna be sure. kind of a fun question. Uh, so Coach Clark and. Uh, Joe Satards were were raving about the I guess the 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 wolf bite drink the seltzer drink that they had at the arena. Okay. Any opinions on that? Have you tried that yet? I haven't had it. I haven't had. You haven't it. had that, it. That endorsement certainly incentivizes me to have it sooner rather than later. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not a big I'm not a big seltzer guy myself, but uh, last year I I, run, I also covered the New York Jets on this podcast, and I said if any time they would score over thirty points and win. I would drink a hard seltzer, and I and I think I'd like to make a public if the if the Firewolves score fifteen goals and they win, I'll I'll drink a wolf bite on the air. <laughs> All right, good. I think that that certainly incentivizes them. <laughs> I like to have you join if you. I like to invite you to join me too if they do that. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, I, listen, I'm I'm not averse. That's for sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. Andy Towers, uh, one more quick quick thing before we before we have you leave. Uh, where can people find you if they want to interact with you on social media? Where can people find you? 
Uh, well, I mean, I'm on I'm on Twitter at I think it's at Andy Towers PLL. I'm pretty sure that's my Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not on the other social media platforms, but I, I definitely on Twitter. Um, you know, the most in terms of social media. Okay. Well, thank you, Andy, for joining me on No Credentials Required. And uh, I know you have some last uh, work to do. Do appreciate you joining me. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Ryan. Take care. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you, buddy. And again, I want to thank Andy Towers, color commentary from the Albany Firewolves, for being a part of No Credentials Required this week. Before we get into the interview with Billy Puckett, I just want to remind you about another one of our partners at Godzilla Media, and that's Mohawk Honda. It's a new year with new goals. Start your new year right behind the wheel of a new or pre-owned vehicle that fits your budget and your New Year's resolutions. Stop into Mohawk Honda and check out our broad selection of pre-owned inventory. We are here to find the right make, model, and price point to fit your budget. Our goal is to help you meet your goals. Let Louis the VIP man, Morales, Jake, Hot Sauce, Doyle, Cars with Kern, Swoboda, or Mark from Clinton Park, Ellis Jr. connect you up with the perfect deal. And right now is the perfect time to get top dollar for your trade-in with the Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. Same day check in your hand, the day you trade in your vehicle. Just ask for Brian, buy with B. Mac McKenna, Mike Bennis, Nicole Oser, or Cam. Let's do a deal McKenna. Or ask for my guy. Easy Evans Whalen. Again, all of our sales and leasing consultants will make your New Year's automotive deal their top priority. Start the New Year right with just the right deal at Mohawk Honda in Glenville, where they always go out of their way to please you. And now here another Friends with Ryan segment featuring Billy Puckett of the Greatest Sports Towns on Earth podcast. And welcome back to No Credentials Required. This is another Friends with Ryan segment. You get a bonus Friends with Ryan segment this time around in episode 64. I'm bringing on Billy Puckett from the Greatest Sports Towns podcast, one of our newest podcasts on Belly Up Sport. He is a Belly Up Sports. He's a longtime Cincinnati Bengals fan, and we're going to talk some Super Bowls. So let me go ahead and bring him on in. Billy, how's it going this afternoon? It's going well, Ryan. Thanks for bringing me on. Excellent, excellent. And uh, Great Sports Towns on Earth, you guys just joined the Belly Up Sports podcast family, so I, I, I want to welcome you aboard. Yeah, thanks. We're really excited to be a part. We wrapped up our first season uh, in December, and our second season launches this spring. Um, and so it's uh, it's great timing to, to join the Belly Up Network, and we're really excited to be yeah. a part of it. Awesome, awesome. All right, so let's talk, let's talk about the Super Bowl. And you mentioned that you are a long-suffering Cincinnati Bengals fan. I, as a New York Jets fan, I'm long suffering myself. But uh, in the past couple seasons, well, actually, especially this season, your Bengals are now in the Super Bowl. Did you ever? And this is the third time around that they've been in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now they're not playing the 49ers this time, but they're playing another NFC West team in the LA Rams. So take us through your journey for the next uh, about 15 minutes or so. we're going to dive into your, to your journey as a Cincinnati Bengals fan. So what's the feeling like in Cincinnati right now amongst all Bengals fans? And what's your hope for this Sunday? Sure. So uh, I grew up just about an hour north of Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio. Um, mm. Bengals territory, uh, aside from a few like Browns fans that for some reason are down there. But <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I was born... Um, in 1988, the Bengals last played in the Super Bowl in 1989. I was just shy of my first birthday, so it's not in my my memory at all that they played 
in uh, a Super Bowl. And in fact, mm-hmm. it wasn't even my memory that they'd ever played in a playoff game until uh, <laughs> I think 2005 uh, mm-hmm. when they finally broke that streak. And and they had, you know, they had that streak of making the playoffs six out of seven years from 2009 to 2015 um, and lost all of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I, I just had kind of become resigned to the fact that that there's just not going to be like a playoff successful team in Cincinnati. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, the vibe in Cincinnati now is um, like, it's that like, we're here, like the, the, the swagger sort of that Joe Burrow brought into the mix and then mm-hmm. adding Jamar chase and the draft um, and having the, those young tools. And like Joe Mixon, even though he's been in the league for a while, still really young uh, T Higgins uh, Tyler Boyd, like their offensive weapons are are legit. Though, um, so, so there's there is this feeling of like, you know, man, maybe we can actually do this uh, this yeah. year. And I actually live in Baltimore. Um, I oh, so wow. it's Raven, it's Ravens country here. Um, but even the 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 people that I've spoken to around Baltimore are like, man, like. We don't like the Bengals, but man, are they fun to watch? And like, yeah. even off the field, they're fun. So, uh, so yeah, that's kind of the vibe right now. I'm, I'm excited for Sunday for sure. You know, I, I gotta admit, during the draft, when the Bengals are in the top ten, in, in the top ten of the of the draft, I'm thinking, all right, so you need offensive line help, especially at left tackle because of what happened to Joe Burrow last year. Yeah. And I'm thinking, all right, they're gonna draft Penae Sewell. They're going to draft Panay Sewell. He's going to be their left. He's going to be their Anthony, the modern day Anthony Munoz for this generation. And they picture Jamar Chase. And I'm sitting there going, what, yeah. what, why, why are you drafting a wide receiver when you obviously need help at offensive tackle, especially left, tackle, yeah. left tackle. But I got to say, I got to admit, I was wrong. I was wrong, especially watching Jamal. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow this season, seeing some of the highlights they've had, and some of the plays that Jamar Chase has made, I was wrong. I, I admit it. I fully admit it. I, I, I admit what I, I, I'm, I'm a man who like, who needs to admit when he's wrong. Sometimes I'm I was wrong about Jamar Chase. Yeah. <laughs> you were wrong. I was wrong. Cincinnati media <laughs> were wrong. Everyone at ESPN was wrong. Everyone thought I was texting with my friends that live in Detroit uh, mm. on draft night, and they were like, "Oh my gosh! Like we, I can't believe we stole him from you." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, and that's really how I felt. I was like, "Oh yeah, this guy's gonna come in, and no one's gonna touch Burrow." And like, don't get me wrong, the the offensive line is still the weakest part of that team. Like Joe Burrow yeah. is just getting creamed. I think he got sacked nine times in the uh, the, the game against game, the yeah. Titans. Maybe yeah. Yep. Um, yep. So like he's he's still like getting creamed back there, but. I think that everyone just underestimated what that chemistry meant between Joe and Jamar. Um, and it's so obvious. I mean, it's, they know exactly where like Jamar knows where that ball is going to be. And mm-hmm. Joe knows where Jamar's feet are going to be. Like it's, it is really exciting to watch. All right. So I got to ask, I got to ask you this. So we, we talked about the offense. We, we know about Joe Burrow. We know about Jamar chase. We know about Joe Mixon, T Higgins, all those guys. I feel like the defense doesn't get talked about enough. Would you agree that yeah. not enough people talk about the Bengals defense enough? You know, I think that Trey Hendrickson is probably one of the most valuable um, 
free agent signings of the NFL last year. Mm-hmm. And when when he signed, I kind of was like, uh, okay, like that's <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but you know, like we we had Geno Atkins for all those years, um, where for like several seasons, I think he was the only pro bowler. He still is the last all pro that has played mm-hmm. in Cincinnati, and that was like 2014, 2015. So I think like everyone just kind of felt like there was going to be a downgrade on defense, but yeah, the free agent signings that they made, um, even Eli Apple, who like fan bases hated everywhere that he played. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I remember, I, of- I, I re- <laughs> yeah, I remember my, my, I have family who, and friends who are big giants fans. I, I live in upstate, live in upstate New York. So it's giants, bills, Patriots, a little bit of the jets, but we, we have, a, we have a smattering of different, uh, teams represented around here and i remember my friends and family of, of giants fans saying eli apple is the worst but <laughs> it seems like it, yeah like you said he, he's hated everywhere he goes every fan base seems to hate him wherever he goes but cincinnati has been yeah, he's been kind of embraced there absolutely and he's come up with some big plays now don't get me wrong mm-hmm. he's also been very frustrating there's been a few like yeah. long coverages like interceptions right in his hands that he drops but he also has has been in the right place at the right time more times often than not, especially through the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those those free agent signings that they made in the offseason are really, um, I think, kind of the underrated, underrecognized pieces of their team this year that are really what has gotten them to the Super Bowl. Do you think, do, do, are a lot of people sleeping on the, the Bengals defense seeing that the Rams have disputedly have a super team they've got obj yeah. they've got matt stafford they've got cooper cup offensive line is pretty good um defensively they got von miller they got aaron, aaron donald uh yeah jillen uh, uh, ramsey you got the super yep. team but do you think the bengals defense would come out would are do you think there's there gonna be a lot of surprises on defenses this, uh, this 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 uh this sunday that's a great question i you know my this is the the Bengals deep rooted like pessimism and low expectations that has just been burrowed yeah. into my body for 31 years. Um, mm-hmm. But the like, I'm a little worried, <laughs> you know, and they did. They showed up against Kansas City and arguably Kansas City has just the same caliber of weapons as the Rams do on offense. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, the Rams are uh they're legit. And I do want to mention you mentioned OBJ. I do want to mention I have a lot of friends that are Browns fans, obviously. I went to school yeah. in, in northern Ohio, so it was kind of a mix of like Detroit, Cleveland, Cincinnati fans up there. Mm-hmm. And um while the Browns would never ever root for the Bengals in any other circumstance other than maybe playing Baltimore, since they stole mm-hmm. the Browns from them, um most of them are behind the Bengals all the way because they don't want to see OBJ win a ring after like <laughs> what they're considering like tanking <laughs> yeah. in, in Cleveland. So they're like just anything so that he doesn't win a freaking ring. Um, Anyone but OBJ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but no, I mean like Cooper cup, Matt Stafford, I was, I was amazed at how quickly their chemistry came together mm-hmm. this season. Um, and I, I love watching Matt Stafford. I liked him in Detroit. I always felt he was getting such a raw deal with the pieces that were being put around him and the mm-hmm. coaching staff and the executives that were being put around him, frankly. Yeah. Um, so 
so yeah, I, I'm worried. I, I do think that with with their weapons, the secondary for the Bengals is gonna struggle. Um now uh up front, like you know, their front four, they are missing Larry Ogunjobi now, uh, out for mm-hmm. the season with that uh injury that he suffered earlier in the playoffs. Um but uh, you know, the the passing game is really where um where I'm worried. And Matt Stafford has such a quick release, he has such good chemistry yeah. with everyone that plays around him. Um so I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh, that was a really long way of answering uh, your question, which was: <laughs> Are people sleeping on the Bengals' defense? I don't necessarily think that they are anymore. I mm-hmm. think that the Bengals' defense woke up a lot of people in the second half of that Kansas City Chiefs game, yeah. um, including the Chiefs, who I don't think were expecting there to be like this wall uh, that that kind of came out of nowhere after they sort of ran all over them in the first half. So I I think that the Rams. Are going to be prepared. I think that the the fan bases are prepared, and I just mm-hmm. I, I don't think necessarily that they're going to catch anyone off guard with however they perform. Okay, now last two questions. First off, if it turns into if the game is, I I think the game is going to be high scoring. I think we could reach Super Bowl twenty nine levels of scoring in this game. <laughs> Honestly, because between these two offenses, that could be. I think that could reach it, but if both defenses come out and just do a punch each other in the mouth type game mm-hmm. and it's close and, and the, the game is close and we come down to the last four minutes of the game, Joe Burrow g- gets him down the field, shoot McPherson territory. If shoot him, if McPherson has a chance to win, is he an instantly, I mean, he already is a Cincinnati Bengals legend, but does this cement yeah. his legendary status as a Cincinnati sports legend. I feel like the statues half built outside of Paul Brown stadium already with <laughs> like, them. Get the, and, feet re- the feet are ready. The feet are yeah. already ready. <laughs> you know, I, the, the, and that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like with, with these young guys that are part of that Bengals team, the swagger is off the charts. Mm-hmm. And, um, I kind of feel like that's like a cliche word at this point, but I don't know how, like, I mean, you have Joe Burrow showing up in like Cartier shades, um, <laughs> for his press conferences and you have Evan McPherson like turning to the bench saying like well boys looks like we're going to the AFC championship when he's going out for like you know a field goal to to win the game um yeah I I uh yeah I mean the there just isn't anything that ha- that shakes those guys um mm-hmm. and especially you know like it's hard to find a kicker that doesn't get a little shaken no offense to kickers um but like it, the yips is a real thing. It seems like with kickers, especially like once mm-hmm. things really turn Mason negative. Mason Crosby, Mason Crosby had them this year. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. Against the, I remember that game against the Bengals where it was both <laughs> where everybody Crosby was missing and yeah. McPherson were missing, just hitting yeah. the dinking off the post or missing wide left or wide right. Ugh. And you know, I think McPherson came out the next week and knocked in like three or four field goals. It's like yeah. he. That's that's the thing. Like it's it is hard to have a short-term memory when you're a kicker. And I think it's because you're not on the field all the time. You know, when you're a mm-hmm. quarterback, you're out there every play, you throw an interception, like, all right, big deal. Next drive's coming up. You don't have time to like, to sit there and, and uh, sort of let the wounds um, like take over. So uh, yeah, I mean, McPherson has that like kind of quarterback, uh, you know, I don't know if you watch Ted Lasso, but like that memory of a goldfish, um, uh, kind of reference where 
you know, 10 seconds later, he's he's done. He's moved on. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if McPherson knocks one in in the Super Bowl uh, to, to win the game, like done mm-hmm. deal. He's in the ring of honor. Uh, he doesn't need <laughs> to do anything else the rest of his career. But um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I do think that that offense is going to be the name of the game for the Bengals. It's really a matter if they stop Aaron Donald, they're going to score points. Mm-hmm. If they don't stop Aaron Donald, like there's a chance that they don't score any points because they need Joe Burrow mm-hmm. to be on his feet um to to reach his uh receiving weapons so um but if they can if they can at least hinder donald a a couple of quarters uh from getting back there then yeah there's gonna be some some fireworks in this game for sure all right one last thing give me a final score prediction final score prediction yeah (laughs) for me i'm gonna go Bengals 31 los angeles rams 27 wow all right. Lots of optimism in, in Cincinnati. Billy, thanks for joining me on this segment for No Crushers Required. Where can people find you? You have the, the floor is open to you. Pro, go ahead, promote your stuff. Where can people find you on social media? Where can they find the Greatest Sports Towns on Earth podcast? Yes. Uh, greatest Sports Towns on Earth. You can find it basically anywhere you find your podcast. Just search for that name and you will find us. Uh, my, my co-host, Alex Kasich, and I um, cover cities around the world and we speak with experts uh, like politicians, musicians, uh, sports journalists uh, from those towns that talk about how sports make an economic and emotional impact on those towns. So we just wrapped up our first season. Like I said, you can find that uh, anywhere and be sure you subscribe because we have some really awesome guests coming up for season two that'll be coming out this spring. If you need a guy for Albany, New York area, I'm your guy. <laughs> just let you give you a Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. All right. We'll be back with more No Credentials Required. And again, that was Billy Puckett from the Greatest Sports Towns on Earth podcast. Billy, thanks for stopping by. We're looking forward to more episodes in season two of that podcast, which again is now a part of the Billy Up Sports Podcast Network. That's going to conclude this episode of No Credentials Required. Just to remind you to go to our social media pages on Twitter and Instagram. It's No Creds R E Q, Facebook.com forward slash Billy Up Sports NCR on YouTube. Do a search for No Credentials Required and then hit the subscribe button, hit the notifications button. Also, another way to support the show, go to our Bonfire store. Go to bonfire.com, do a search for No Credentials Required. You'll find a myriad of apparel, including t-shirts, sweatshirts, and ladies, get yourself a nice t-shirt and support the show. You can also get a t-shirt to support a really nice charity called No Shave November. Thanks again for joining me. My name is Ryan McCarthy. I've been your host of No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We'll talk to you again next time. Music courtesy of Joseph McDade. Check him out and support his music at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe on multiple podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Spreaker. No credentials required as a Belly Up Sports Podcast Network production in association with Godzilla Media. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.